Well, I've entitled my message this morning, Curveballs. And uh, I know, like probably a lot of you feel, I've had a few curveballs. I can distinctly remember standing outside in the car park of an ultrasound clinic on High Road in Willerton. And I clung together crying with my husband, Rod, because we had just found out that our beautiful little baby, who we thought was three months old and two days, and was growing and thriving in my womb, had actually died at seven weeks around there, and that my body had started to release the fetus. That was a curveball for us because we had got married, uh, I had surprisingly, or not so surprisingly, uh, got pregnant on our honeymoon and I, you know, we thought having children was just a piece of cake and uh, we didn't see that coming our way, we didn't see that curveball coming our way and I know right now in this room, in our church family, that there are those of you who have been grappling with the curveballs that you never saw coming. And as I have shared many times that whenever I speak, what I'm doing when I'm asking the Lord what he wants to say through me is I'm asking him and I'm leaning in and saying, Lord, what are you wanting to speak into the heart of our, our community here at Real Life Church? And I know there have been some unexpected deaths. There's been some huge health challenges in our church family. Storms that have come our way. And so this morning, what I know and am fully confident about is the fact that these storms, we have these storms, they're pretty well guaranteed uh, that storms are going to come, curveballs are going to come. But what I am so incredibly confident because I've seen the faithfulness and the miracles that God works in our lives, that we have a saviour, that we have a father, that we have an advocate, that we have a high priest and it says that he is touched by the feelings of our infirmity and that we have a friend, just like Ivan and David, we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That the great I am this morning here is wanting to speak deeply into your curveball and read the mail of your heart so that you can leave here stronger, lighter, with faith ruling in your heart and mind and not fear. And that you will have this peace that defies all your natural instincts to be anxious in your current circumstances because despite the outcome, Jesus calms your storm. So in Mark 4, 35 to 41, it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet. 
be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So let's get some context about this account in Mark 4. Let's establish that we are dealing, first of all, with followers of Jesus. Uh, They are, at this point, his closest companions, men that would have spent a lot of time hanging out with Jesus, being in his company. And we could definitely say that they knew him well. And you would think that being in literally with Jesus, uh, that he would, that they would have um, seen him, first of all, perform many, many miracles. That would be the norm for them, being his followers, being his disciples. So you would think that their faith bank would be pretty high. They'd seen some, some, some stuff. But in their humanity, it became evident very quickly that they had more faith that the storm would destroy them than the faith that they actually demonstrated in Jesus saving them. Yeah? Hard, hard, cold truth. Now, the Sea of Galilee is known for sudden raging storms and many of Jesus' disciples were seasoned fishermen. We have a few seasoned fishermen amongst us today. I won't ask for a show of hands. And I won't ask for a show of how how big the biggest fish is that you've caught. And these seasoned fishermen would have known that there's every likelihood if you go out fishing that you may come across a storm. It may happen. So you would think... In these particular circumstances, the disciples would have been prepared. But things were happening beyond their control. Oh my goodness, anyone relate to that? Didn't see that coming, missed it by this much. Those types of curveballs, yeah? We all know and have experienced those sudden events in our life, something that sort of hits us out of nowhere and completely rocks our world. The sort of thing that you make, you, we make these assumptions about how our life is going to turn out and then something smacks us in the face that we never thought we would have to deal with something like that. A little bit like COVID-19 that seemingly came out of nowhere and despite all the many skilled scientists in our world, all the incredible medical knowledge and the advancements we've made in recent years in the medical um, field, our whole world, think about this, was hit with the same fear and panic that those disciples in the storm felt. Yeah? Yeah? Think about it. Now, Jesus at that point was human too. He often took time away to refresh. 
And Jesus was sleeping during the storm because he was exhausted. He was human as well as divine. Now, think about this. The Bible tells us how important it is that Jesus was fully human. In Hebrews 2.17, it says, For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of his people. It's very significant that Jesus, as fully human yet fully God, calmed a raging storm. You see, in our humanity... We have this tendency to keep trying to handle our storms in our own strength and with our own resources. But he wants us to follow him through every circumstance in our lives, not just when the going gets tough. The Lord wants to help you and I on a daily basis. Don't live like you don't have a shepherd. I'm going to say that again. Don't live like you don't have a shepherd. The Lord wants you to live fully confident in the fact that the Lord is your shepherd. And think about the role of a shepherd. A shepherd is always watching over his sheep. He's keeping them away from unforeseen danger. He's leading them and guiding them to green pastures to graze and eat that are free from predators. And, you know, as a Christian, we can so easily forget that every single day, not just on a Sunday or when we're feeling spiritual, But he is wanting to guide and direct our path. He is seeking to help us to make wise financial decisions. He wants to give us his ability to live a whole life in every area, a victorious Christian life. Yeah? Sometimes we invite God into that particular area of our life, but we don't invite him into this particular area. Yeah? You can have that, and I, I want your help with that, but don't touch that. Yeah? I want to do that on my own. I, I've got my own way of doing that. So think about this. Good to see you, Andreas. So think about this. Why was Jesus sleeping in the storm? It was so strong, it was tossing this boat to and fro. And truthfully, it would be impossible for anyone to find the comfort of being able to sleep. But Jesus is sleeping in the midst of a raging storm. Why? He wanted to teach the disciples that he has command over all the natural elements and with a word spoken by him can speak peace and bring calm. And this morning, a word spoken by him to your curveball, to your storm, can bring peace and calm. But he was asleep. They had to do something. He wanted them to understand that they needed to call out and ask for his help. 
Yeah? Not me do, me do. Yeah? We have that, don't we? Who are all the independent me do's in the room? Yeah, just a few. He can do the impossible and he wanted to teach the disciples these powerful lessons while he was with them on earth. He knew his time was limited and he had to equip and build a firm foundation of faith for the impossible within his leaders because they were going to be responsible to carry on the spreading of the gospel. They needed to be strong and fully equipped to withstand the persecution that they would get for their faith. Feel completely assured, Real Life Church, that Jesus will always take care of us through every season of life. Some seasons are more difficult, more messy than others. Maybe today you feel like Jesus is sleeping while your storm is raging. Maybe you think he's inactive and he's not even looking, he's not doing anything to help you. Even though you know so much from the word of God, even though you know that his presence goes with you everywhere, sometimes it can feel like Jesus is asleep, like he's silent. But this picture of Jesus calming the storm is a picture of how God's kingdom will bring under control, are you listening, all the powers that are against you. Amen? Be not afraid. That is what God is saying. Fear not, for I am with you. Much like the disciples, even though they knew that it was common on the Sea of Galilee for storms to seemingly come out of nowhere, um, they were still scared. And you know what? We're just the same. We can be merely sailing along in life, everything's going well, and then a storm hits us out of nowhere. And we can be totally unprepared for it. Sometimes it can feel like the storm has lasted way too long. I'm not going to show, ask for a show of hands. Some of you have been in a storm and it feels like it's lingering. And, you know, gut level on us, we can get disheartened in the waiting. Just like Jesus performing this miracle of calming the storm, we today can also receive a miracle in our storm. Think about the fact that it got to the stage in this passage of Scripture where the boat looked like it was going to sink. We're goners. The disciples desperately needed a miracle to save them. Sometimes it can feel like your storm has lasted way too long. We can get tired of praying. We can get tired of believing. We can get tired of waiting. Just like Jesus performing this miracle of calming, we today can receive a miracle in our storm. Think about the fact that it got to the stage in this passage of scripture where it actually looked very seriously like the boat was going to sink. Water was coming in. Picture yourself in that boat right now. How would you be feeling as you were, you know, looking at your situation as as Water is pouring in. The disciples needed a miracle to save them. Well, this morning, I want to share with you 
a miracle in the storm of a beautiful lady called Anna. Some of you know Anna. Uh, I have known her uh, since she was 16 years of age when her father, David Storer, came to be the pastor of our church in Canningvale. Anna was incredibly vibrant and totally on fire for Jesus, serving him in the church community with all her heart. On her 21st birthday, she was diagnosed with a very serious condition called lupus. Anyone heard of lupus? It was devastating news for Anna and for her family. And as the years progressed, her condition worsened and her physical body started to deteriorate dramatically. She was under specialists and on severe medication to control the pain in her body, which was excruciating. In 2021, her condition became so severe that she had to start using a disability walker to be able to even be mobile, to walk. This was a huge blow to her. But despite this huge curveball in her world, Anna continued to love and serve the Lord faithfully as a pastor at Kingdom City Church in a full-time position. During this 22-year period since her diagnosis, she continually positioned herself to receive healing and was prayed for many, 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 many times. Last year, the Lord spoke to Anna and she felt him challenging and prompting her to be very intentional and deliberate about pursuing her healing. So she took a one-year sabbatical from her pastoring role and went to be part of a healing school uh, in Mexico uh, under the ministry of Andrew Warmack. Anyone heard of Andrew Warmack? Yes, I can see a lot of you have. During the course uh, that she did, uh, she did a three-month course on healing and she was staying with a missionary friend in Mexico and she was just spending her time waiting on the Lord, just into God's word, studying God's word. And she was just positioning herself and being obedient to what the Lord had asked her to do. Now, the director of the Andrew Warmack Ministries in Mexico actually heard about Anna's situation and asked if he could come with his wife uh, to where Anna was staying and uh, pray with her. So they came and they prayed a very simple prayer commanding Anna's body to be healed. And the exact words that this man prayed was that her neurological pathways would be restored. Then they left. Anna said nothing seemingly had shifted in her body. So she went to sleep that night unchanged and feeling pretty disheartened. However, when she got up and began moving around the next day, she realised that her legs had gone from being bent back. Can you show us that photo, please, now? It's on the screen? Ah, great. 
So this is Anna's legs in the, the photo on my left, completely bent back like that. And she realised that her legs from, had gone from being completely bank, bent back when she walked to a straightened position. Amen. Amen. Now, she had been told by her specialist just before she left for Mexico that it was impossible for her legs to ever be straight again. Such was the toll that lupus had had. And there are people in this room who uh, know Anna very, very well and know the journey. Uh, Nat, you worked with Anna like I did. You saw her journey with her health. And the muscle weakness and deterioration she had, she had been told, was irreversible. She still needed the walking frame to help her with support. But her feet had also changed from having to walk on her heels to being completely flat on the ground again. She had been walking on her heels, think about that, since 2013 when she had her first foot operation. So, when Anna returned to Perth, she went to her long-time lupus specialist who was completely astounded at what he saw. He said, I have never seen anything like this before in a lupus patient. It is like, wait for this, your neurological pathways have been completely repaired in your legs. Now, I told Anna, I spoke with her on the phone on Tuesday, I said, now, Anna, I told you that when you received your healing, I was going to do a backflip. I said, I'm trying to do that now, but I am having some difficulty. Maybe I need a miracle in my storm. And um, she testified to her specialist and said, it was God. It was God. And he said, well, we'll have to go with that because there isn't any plausible explanation for what I'm seeing. Amen? You know, there are many of us in the room today who, just like Anna, have contended with curveballs that have lingered for years. There are those who've had temptations, persecution, marital problems, health issues, unemployment, infertility, poverty. But what I can tell you about Anna is that she stayed the course 22 years. She persevered even as her condition worsened dramatically. And she never allowed herself to get bitter and turn away from her faith. As I said prophetically earlier, she never let that scum build in the bathroom of her life. Yeah, offence and bitterness. Do you think people didn't say some pretty horrible stuff to her? Like, I can remember one guy saying, so what are you going to do about that? Stuff that she could easily have built up. But she didn't. She never turned away from her faith and devoted her whole life to this day to serving Jesus in whatever capacity she could, keeping her eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of her salvation. Now, 
That was a partial healing. There's a lot more to come. Anna is fully standing and believing that Jesus is completing the work that he has started in her legs. And she will receive her total healing in Jesus' name. Psalm 50, 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. That's what Anna's doing right now. She is giving all the glory, all the glory uh, to Jesus. But here's the thing. Call upon me. Yell out. Help. Yeah, he's listening. He's leaning in. What I can tell you is that when you are going through a storm and you feel like God is silent, we cannot measure our curveballs on our emotions and how we are feeling on any one day. Do you know, our emotions are so fickle. Yeah, even men's emotions can be fickle. Don't blame us all the time. We need to run to the firm foundation of our life. Even though Jesus was asleep in the boat, he was very much in control of the situation. Do you know, I've mentioned to you before that I had very severe postnatal depression. When I had that, I was emotionally dead. I felt nothing. I was just so flat. And all I could do was cling to the unwavering promises of God's word and the absolute, oh, deep inside my gut assurance that he was with me, that he would never leave me or forsake me. And so I want to encourage those who may be going through severe medical treatments at the moment to not be ruled by your feelings because they can vary from moment to moment, particularly when you are struggling with pain and discomfort. But can I just cheer you on to run to his word and his promises for your strength, for your confidence, for your assurance? You know, We sing that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And, you know, sometimes what happens in our humanity is when those curveballs come, we do a dummy spit. Yeah? Nobody in this room, of course, but others. And we turn away from following Jesus. We disqualify him. In fact... What we need to do is the complete opposite. We need to stay closer. We need to lean in more. We need to get worship music playing. We need to linger in his presence whenever we can. We need to pray, pray, pray and pray some more. We need to speak his word and promises over our lives and our circumstances. Yeah? Just because we are followers of Jesus doesn't mean... We won't have storms in our lives. There was no false advertising. God's word clearly tells us in this life we will have trouble. But fear not, because I have overcome the world. Amen? You know, one very crucial thing the disciples did was they asked Jesus to help them. They humbled themselves and realised that even though they were expert fishermen and their knowledge of the sea 
was great, but it wasn't enough. They needed a saviour. They asked Jesus to help them. Can I encourage you? Yell out loud. Yeah? Yell out loud. And never, ever, ever, ever give up. Keep reminding yourself of the miracles of the past. Remind yourself of how God brought you through that particular storm. And then there was that storm and God brought you through that storm. Keep declaring, if God did it for me then, he can do it for me now. Amen? I love, I'm so glad that you're here this morning, Glennis. I love what Glennis Jones posts on Facebook. She is continually declaring the promises of God over her life despite how she feels and what is going on in her body. Well done, you. (laughs) We're cheering you on, Glennis. Yeah. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, when we're going through really tough stuff, our instinct is to tell someone our troubles. It kind of helps to get things off your chest. Can I recommend Jesus is our best friend? He is listening to us even when we can only groan in our own spirits because we are so deeply discouraged. He already knows everything we're going through. But if we would humble ourselves and seek him, he will calm us. He will bring peace to our storm. Talk to him. He's a friend. Pour out your heart before him. Cry out to him in your darkest moments. He's not phased by what you say. He's your friend. Yeah. Also, when we're part of a church family and a storm of life comes along, we have, do you know we have some incredible prayer warriors seeking God on our behalf in this church? And they're concerned about what we're going through. God has called them specifically to pray for our storms, for our curveballs, for our well-being. And in our newsletter every week there's a prayer hotline there there is numbers that you can contact or text um, every week if you have some something going on and you just need prayer you don't have to give the details you can just ask for prayer Betty Allsop on a Tuesday morning meets and and prays for the needs of our church and has a a company of magnificent warriors that join her. You are so welcome. Betty, is it 9.30? 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. We would so love you to come and, and just be a part of that incredibly vital prayer ministry that we have. This afternoon, you're going to come up with every excuse not to come, but can I encourage you to be here? to pray for one hour. Also, God speaks through other Christians, and at times when we need it most, we can go to people uh, who are more mature Christians whose advice is tested and true, and they can bring comfort and strength and calm our souls. 
Because what happens is when you've been through some storms, you have so much compassion for what others go through. We understand things we never understood before. Have you noticed that when you go through a storm? Curveballs happen and we need to yell out loudly. We need to invite Jesus into our boat. Will you invite Jesus into your boat, into your storm? You may have spent years trying to solve your own problems in your own strength. Can you give that up and call out help and invite God in? So, come on up, music team. What's the agenda and the end game? What's in all this for our loving Father? What does he operate? Uh, why does he operate? Because he's trying to equip, equip us and grow us to be unwavering in our faith. James chapter 1 gives us insight. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. You know, you may be saying today that you are at a complete loss as to why God allows the curveballs of your life to have come. God knows us better than we know ourselves and in his divine wisdom as our creator and shepherd, he knows how to bring out the gold in us. The truth is, life's curveballs most often, have you found this? Soften your heart, make you humble and make us more like Jesus if we allow them to do their full work. He is the potter. And we are the clay and he gets to mould our lives in the very best way possible. And the bottom line is that we can fully trust in Jesus. Remember I always say free fall. Free fall into Jesus' loving arms. He knows the beginning from the end and he will conduct your life with mercy and goodness and his loving kindness. Please don't live like you don't have a shepherd. Thanks, Karina. I'm going to finish and Karina's going to come and read Psalm 23 to us. And as she does, if you want prayer to receive a miracle in your storm, you want God to make a way where there seems to be no way, then we'd love you to come forward and receive prayer and ministry. Thanks, Karina. As Bethwin said, don't live life like you don't have a shepherd. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, thy comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you, darling. It's beautiful.